0: Will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ
1: is here. I must be the, the champ is here. I'm gonna continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will, I will not lose lose. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you were here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. You mate. Yes, he's the DB of the show We are black in sports Giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble Interviewing the best professionals In the game and in the boardroom uh, We're covering it all laughing at all and providing a platform to be heard so you know what we do about this time we got to welcome our guest. so she's a retired professional basketball player okay former women's college basketball coach an educator an entrepreneur a confidence coach if that's not enough she is the ceo of two of the uh heavy hitters we're going to talk about today on her platform is task Leads and you please 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 clap it up for arisa wilson let's go and I'm gonna call it coach Reese. All right. <laughs> so just to keep it simple. So how we do a coach is uh, to jump in to start it off. We do a shoot your shot moment. All right. So this is where you tell us a quick short story, you know, or, or something that could have happened in your past uh, could have happened in your coaching days. It could have happened now starting one of your business, but just a shoot your shot moment where you bet on yourself, win or loss.
2: Man, my entire life. Uh, one, I'm, I'm pumped to be here. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to be in this space with you all. There's not, too many things I can think of than being in a space with just black folk talking about hoop in business and entrepreneurship. Like to me, this is this is all joy. So thank you for allowing me to share this space. Um, this but my cool whole it. life, the the biggest, the only people that really believed in me, you right, you got your parents. My mom and my dad are my biggest supporters. So when it came to me even wanting to play professionally, um, I was afraid, honestly, early on to have that dream because coming out of high school, barely recruited by anybody. Um, only CCs, and I didn't have any mentors to really show me the ropes, and so all I learned how to do was just work hard and better myself, pretty much from day one. Um, I didn't, I don't have that get it out the mud story, so I'm not going to say that piece. I just got addicted to working hard really early, and was like, oh shoot, this joint pays off. So I retired at the age of 31, and I did the same exact thing to live the life that I'm doing right now. And it's just, I know that I got that juice in me, and so that's that's where it's at. If if I don't make it, then I don't make it, but I definitely don't think that's going to be – that's not an option for me.
1: So the juice is loose then.
2: (laughs) The juice is – it's it's, it's flowing, thank God. That's a real one, though.
0: That's good. So, Coach, uh, where did your love for sports start?
2: I never not had it. I can't think about a day and time of my life where I didn't have hoop. Like, some people, you know, find different things later in life, but I literally cannot think of a time – when I wasn't hooping, um, I think my dad will say, you know, he put a ball in my hand at a young age, but I was born to do this, you know, at the levels that I did it. I was born to teach it. Um, and so I remember being a teacher just very early on and just having a, a steep like I love this joint. This is what love feels like. And so, I mean, I, I don't know life without playing or coaching hoops.
0: So was there – we're going to get to a lot of hoop. I like it. It's NBA playoffs right now, so I got a lot of different opinions about some things. WNBA season just started. But was there ever another sport uh, that you got into at all?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. So I was one of those uh, kids who had the opportunity to do everything. So I played softball, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf. It was way too quiet. I couldn't do it. Um, As you can see, I'm high energy, so golf was not for me. Um, I did ice skating, I played the uh, trombone, I played the guitar, I played the piano, I did tap dance, I did ballet, like, my mom literally was like, here's the world, like, let's figure out what you love to do, and she literally just built me up in that way, and so now I'm like, what do you mean, we're doing, yeah, we're doing that, like, I'll drive two hours to just go get some food, that sounds good, like, that's the mentality, because my mom blessed me and positioned me in that way to just do whatever it feels like you want to do, and there's no reason why you shouldn't. And never let money be an issue either. So I played every sport. Um, but hoop was the one that was like, now we about to, we about to ride this thing off until the wheels fall off. So yeah, soccer was cool, too much running. I was only black girls. <laughs> that wasn't fun. I was heavy set. I was like, I'm not with it. And then goalie was boring. So that wasn't for me. And um, so basketball was just that thing that I was like, I will give my life for this. I will run nice. as much as I need to run because hoop is hoop this is, is it. it for me.
1: So what was it about hoop? Like, and when, 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 like, was it a game? Was it just like hooping? Like the time, what was it that made it like hoop stand out from everything?
2: You know, it, what sucks is I feel like early on, it was just a part of learning more culture. So I, I call myself hood hybrid where like my daddy was from the hood and my mom was just her and Jesus were like this. So I had that, hood you know, hybrid. that hood hybrid kind of like feel and hoop kept me close to the culture where I had a lot of like white Christianity from my mom's side, but being in hoop kept me going to the boys and girls club and being around. And so I got that extra feel and being able to be around other people. And then once I got to probably like my last couple of years of high school, it was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good, but I've never practiced really. Like I went to practice, but trainers weren't everywhere.
1: You know what I'm saying?
2: 15, 16 years ago, there weren't trainers everywhere. And I didn't have no left hand. So nobody was really like, they weren't really betting on me and I couldn't really shoot either. Again, all I had was my black dad up in the stands talking about some, that's my baby. That was it. So for me, it really came down to when I got into college and I knew that I wanted to hoop. Um, and I didn't think that I was, I didn't know the process nobody taught me about like, how do you go from high school to college? And how do you go like not go to a community college, but go to a four year? No, those are no conversations I ever had. But when I got into college, um, one of my coaches, I almost fell out, right? And I'm, I'm clear with my story. I almost felled out. I was this close, had a 1.95 GPA. And it was like, ooh, that's not who I want to be. And my yeah. coach was like, if you don't get your grades up, you can't play. And something, this is where I feel like my, who I am today story starts then. So all of high school, middle school is kind of like a, you know, just a kid trying to figure it out way mm-hmm. different from the kids nowadays. But, um, it was like, if you don't get your grades up, you can't play. And the thing that sucks is, and what I'm so passionate about is nobody taught me how to be a collegiate student athlete. Cause nobody even taught me how to be a high school student athlete. So I had no idea how to be a collegiate student athlete. Right. I didn't know how to make a dream come true and elevate from my community college to the next level, and so once I saw that um, these are the things that I needed to do in order to become just a different person, another person, oh, I, I got addicted, and it just turned it turned on from there at the age of eighteen, and I've I haven't looked back since.
0: So, coach, let's get into the nitty gritty of uh, of your game. Give give me the scouting okay. report of, of of coach Reese.
2: Ooh, uh, man, pick her up full court. Don't let it catch <laughs> a <your> rebound. I'll <laughs> right? I'm coming in 5'5 five, five, uh, on a good day. Don't let me snatch a rebound and don't get in front of me because you're. I'm running you over, period. Like, that just is what it is. And so, like, that mentality didn't get in until going from my freshman to sophomore year of summer where I started to slim down. I lost that high school baby fat. I was conditioned like a mug, put on some muscle, and then talk about ego and that hoop swag mentality. You just, that's it. Don't let me catch a rebound because I'm going 94, 50. And if you step in front, I'm a, and you weren't that big back then. Uh, Absolutely charge. not. No, you're going to the it's, the am, it's the ambulance call. Off tops. It's a block. You shouldn't have jumped straight to the ambulance. And I've got, listen, I got receipts. I got receipts. Whoa, let's, yeah. Which is unfortunate, right? But that just is what it is. And so once I saw that, like, oh, I could hoop oh, cats aren't as conditioned as I am, right? Oh, shoot, I'm fat, like all of that stuff. So um, definitely had to develop a jump shot over the years, which felt good to be able to add, right? Like Kobe would talk about, add something to your game. So once Mm -hmm. I saw that, like every year, you know, I added something to my game, by the time I got to my junior, senior year, I was like, this is is hooping. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? This is a whole nother level of hoop. So if I need to hit the three, I can, my first step, off tops you're not you either if you give me space i'm gonna pull up for the three if you come up i'm a shot fake blow by and then i'm (laughs) gonna hit you with one of those and then my teammate's gonna get open so that's really that's really it um another scout will probably say um and i always say this too i led my team in every single line including turnovers i own it (laughs) i own it (laughs) i I own it because i'm saying if you're a playmaker they're gonna happen but the thing is I still played 32, 35 minutes because I was making plays. Even if I turned it over, I was the first back on defense. You know what I'm saying? So the coach knew I was trying to make something happen. So yeah, there's I played here because I was trying to do it, but I also had a double double. You know what I'm saying? So what are you gonna what are you gonna do when you got your five five guard who's getting 18 points, 18 rebounds? Like what do you what are you doing? So
0: well, I'm talking to my bigs. What, what's going on? We got <laughs> we got to get on the glass. That's, that's what I'm doing. No, so yep. so Art, do you do you watch the NBA now? WNBA? Are, are you are you, a, are you a fan of those?
2: Definitely a WNBA fan for sure. Um, NBA when it gets tighter, right? Like when it gets tighter, when the stakes are a little bit higher, then I dive in a little bit more. Just from a sense of like, um, I like the entertainment factor, but I want right. to see y'all like. You know, I want to see you guys get hungry. I'm heavy into into um, men's college hoop, um, okay. women's college hoop, just because I feel like the hoop is different. Um, but I'll definitely watch NBA game if I'm, you know, with my dad chilling or it's on. But really, I'm, I'm acting, so I don't have a game on that often, which is unfortunate, or I'm at practice because I'm coaching now. So it's like, oh, shoot, there's a game on. It's kind wow. of an afterthought. But I definitely follow the, uh, the W way more than, um, than I do the NBA.
1: So for the W, time for expansion, uh, uh, past time, or what, what, what's past your thoughts time. on
2: that? Well, I, one is past time. But then mm-hmm. if I'm thinking from a business mindset, you're like, right now is the time. And right now is the time because there's, uh, I think Chanae said it, you know, the other day, like, there's no reason for, you know, why 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 is it that you have first-round draft picks? Why even have a draft in the first place if these women aren't going to be able to stay? And it sucks because it's like, you're gonna you're gonna end up having unfortunately more britney Grider situations right or hopefully not if that's the case but you're putting us more at risk you're putting more black women at risk and going to these other countries we're already not protected here in america what the heck do you Mm -hmm. think it's going to look like if we're trying to go you know off to another country and so i think it would be amazing to see the same way that all these cats threw this money at ote the same way that all these cats are throwing these money at girls aau teams throw it at the W start a G league whatever it needs to look like. Um, I know you've got athletes unlimited, which is amazing as well, but um, there's, there's, there's no reason why these women should number one, have to stay in college for three years just to get drafted to have to go overseas when she could have done that at it. Hopefully. Right. And she could have done that out of high school. Really? And then went to school online and became a millionaire within the first, who knows. Right. So it's just there's so many different pieces to it, but I definitely think that women need we need more leagues. We need more support. We need more. Obviously, it takes money to come behind it. So, you know, who who needs to do that? That's not my space to say. But I definitely am going to advocate for for more because there's so much talent out there and it's only really getting better. Cats is banging out in the eighth grade. You got girls banging out in the eighth grade. That means we need more leagues, period.
1: It's showing out. So so did we fail, Brittany?
2: Um, I think that it, I think she was failed before she was failed. Like Mm. I'm talking Baylor. I'm talking when she was knocking cats out in games, right? Like, I don't know the whole situation, but she was failed before she was failed. Right. And you want to really talk about black women in sports. You want to talk about black women in America, black women in Texas. Um, you want to talk about black gay women, right? That's, those are two different conversations, black, masculine women like myself, like Brittany, those are three different conversations. Because you got black women, you got Mm -hmm. black lesbian women, then you have black lesbian mass women like myself and Brittany. Like three different combos there that and then you have mental illness and I ain't talking about mental health. I'm talking about mental illness. We're not ready to have the mental illness conversation, but it's cute to talk about mental health. So we want to layer on the fact that Brittany is a black mass women woman right in the league. Who off tops had to already and she's been playing in there for years. Like, why is she not? Why is why was somebody in Russia not like, no, 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 no. That's that's VG. You know what I mean? So like we we failed her before we failed her because of our whole system, but you can just blame that on systemic racism, like if you want to. So it's like, where do you point the finger at that point um when it really comes down to it?
1: Boy, and I would like to welcome you all to Coach's Reason's TED Talk. Uh, <laughs> where she's breaking it down, but no, I mean, you hit on so many elements and the biggest part of all of those, even if you can get them into those different verticals or classifications, no one's ready to have the conversation. And that's the biggest fear of all of this stuff, right?
2: Yeah, and that the, fear, the fear that's unfortunate is right now the word equity is a trigger word. Uh Right. So when you're thinking about the I don't even want to say a box that she fits in, but just who she is as a human is a threat to us having the conversations that need to be had. There's been and it sucks and it breaks my heart, too, because there's been and obviously I don't know her personally, but she's gone through a lot since she entered Baylor. And I'm Uh sure before that, but she's gone through so many different things and so many different levels that it it almost makes me think of like um, similar to the Shakari Richardson like who was in who was in your circle? So as a mentor, I start to think about who is who are these, who are these black women's mentors? And I'm sure there are plenty out there who have lived the W life and played at that high level who are trying to do work and um, you know, not to necessarily bring Shakari Richardson into it, but we need more mentors as black women. We need more role models. We need more people who are really like and not a bunch of nothing to y'all, a bunch of dudes. Cause I know um I was watching um not the pivot, but uh, I Am Athlete podcast. And Shikari was supposed to go on there. And then you had a bunch of men sitting around talking about what this young woman should have done without mm-hmm. a woman, without a black woman present. That's right. like, what are you doing? So, again, that's my perspective. We got a lot of men showing up, but it's like, OK, where are the women? When well, we move different. But I think, um, again, we we just need more. We need more everything. We need more access. We need more funds. We need more resources. We need black women to know that we're protected here in America. Um. So we don't necessarily have to leave in order to feel like we're um, worthy in other spaces.
0: Mm. I love it. That's deep. So, wow, that's good. That's a good one. Um, getting back to like your, your recruiting area, and then obviously your college game and then uh, eventually into coaching. What was that process like for you? Um, obviously done playing and then transitioning into coaching now.
2: Yeah, man, that transition one for me was kind of um, easy because I started coaching when I was 15. So Uh at 15, I had my mom taking me to games. I didn't have my license yet. And I just was like, I love this. I loved teaching the game. So early on, I was like, I enjoy this. But I never thought that I could be an actual classroom four walls teacher just because it was never I never saw another black teacher. I'm from Washington State so seeing other black teachers black women teachers that was never really and it was never affirmed to me so once i saw that i could teach basketball and that was something that just kind of came natural and then the motivation piece um i was like i want to do this for forever right so right when i got done playing pro um i played in in brazil so right when i got done with that i ended up going straight back to my alma mater the same spot that i'd like discovered myself at uh, which is highline college in des moines washington And I was like, yo, I just want to, I just want to help. I just want to be here. I just want to be in the gym. I love, I want to teach. I want to help mold other young women at this same spot, you know, that, that really changed my life. And, uh, what was dope is I was there for two years, had another assistant job and I got my first head coaching job at 25. So I was, um, really kind of spoken into existence. I knew exactly where I wanted to coach. I knew the timing of where it was going to be. Um, and I think God just really like helped prime me and I was a hoop geek my uh my ig name was uh jesus freak hoop geek and so um and that was just it so i went to every camp every training every everything that i could like i wrote um definitions for hoop i wrote a whole curriculum i started a a youth academy a sports specific academic and life skills academy when i was still hooping out in um college when i was 19 and i had aau teams like literally this was my life so i would hoop my season my players would come to my games Right after my graduation, I walked off the stage and wouldn't and go coach the game. Like So I just coaching and training had just been a part of who I am um, just because I just I just love hoop, you know, that much. So the transition to me felt like don't don't ask for another player to hop on court because then I'm not, not coaching no more. Like, coach, did you see the My bad. I was trying to get a bucket. So that was the hardest thing for me to work out of. And I think as I matured as a coach, then I just was like, I'm not going to step on my assistants can go. Cause I would, uh, I would get confused too much on like, okay, this is not about me, the Hooper, this is about the player. So that was the hardest piece with the transition. And
0: mm-hmm. a little bit into where you, the level that you coached at, obviously you say you, you know, you played at community college and then you moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. was that a reason why you wanted to coach kind of at that level based on your playing experience or was that, how did that, how did that process work? It was
2: about the people for me. Like I love number one, being in the middle of recruiting. I love recruiting in changing lives and recruiting out. That to me yeah. is just, I love what you can do with the human in amount of two years. And really because they're coming out of high school and such fragile. Right. And they don't understand. They don't really know. Um, and A lot of times they're not really taught. Right. And so if I can teach you just the the foundational, you know, aspects of the game, and of life. And so I did these things called growth um, sessions. So I wasn't just teaching you about hoop. In these two years, I taught you about um, economic empowerment, financial literacy, how to gain financial independence, leasing versus financing, building your credit. So I was like, if you're going to be here for two years, you're going to get your degree. I'm going to teach you all things you need to know about your budget and credit. And I'm going to pack your hoop bag, right? Like that was my mission. So I felt like I can do that there because some women Stop playing after two years. So if you want right. to go on, cool, right? I'm going to send you off to go do your thing. But if you don't, you're going to leave here with a bag full of all the things you need to go be a successful adult, whatever your definition of success is. So um, I absolutely love community college ball because it it's life-changing. Um, it's underrepresented. Um, and it's underrepresented people who look like me. I was one of two black women coaches. Um, out of all six levels out of seven states on the west coast and I counted and my team looked like me right my team had more women that looked like me than the whole rest of the of the conference I counted right like so it was that piece that was like yo this don't make no sense for multiple different reasons of pacific northwest but um I just love that piece and then I love to travel too so the recruiting aspect and having time off and I want to have a family and it just the CC level just provides everything that a person like me needs when it comes to also being able to be a fan of the other levels. Right. Like I could still be a fan of, of um, you know, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten or big to all that, you know, with, with still maintaining my authenticity and integrity as a head college coach as well.
0: Was Absolutely. it was it uh my fault, EJ, just real quick on that. Was it challenging? You know, I, I feel like at the community college level, sometimes a lot of times it's about an individual's process in a lot of ways mm-hmm. to get to the next level. Um, mm-hmm. so was that a challenge from a coaching standpoint, coaching a team sport where it cause sometimes the mindset can be very individual, you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I think for where we were, um, where we were as a league, where we were as a conference, where we were just in general. There wasn't that much of that. And I think we as a staff did a really good job of making sure each player got what they need. So one of my strengths um, is individualization. And so I'm not sure if you're familiar with StrengthsFinder, uh, but I'm a StrengthsFinder certified coach. And one of the things for me is individualization. So I can get and I can see 15 individuals and tell you exactly what you need, but I also can see the whole and piece it together. So Player development is one of my strengths. So we would spend a lot of time being able to work on each person's bag. And I would spend a lot of time being specific on what each person needed, making sure their role um, encompassed their skills that they could showcase. And I would tell you, play for the film. I'm, this, is what, what's, this is what's this going out. So play for the film, train for that joint, play for it. But also know they're looking at the whole you, right, as a player. So I didn't run into that um, because it was a non-issue. You're here to get better period. And we're here to send you on period. There's no, there's nothing else to talk about.
1: So one of the things you did talk about um, is providing them with the holistic, you know, they're, they're getting their, you know, individualized attention, you know, goals, but you are a really big entrepreneur and we really haven't talked about this. And I think we can guess call this in the game, you know, in your career, we already started a little bit about that but just talk about some of the um, entrepreneur things you've done. When did you start? Um, You know, I know kind of doing just some of the research um, real estate is part of one of the bags that you kind of go after. So talk to us about when you started and how important that is for these athletes to kind of pick that kind of stuff up as well.
2: Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's so funny because when I listen to other podcasts and people are like, you know, I was selling candy and at school and I'm like, I don't think I, I didn't, I didn't, that's not when I started. So, um, again, I don't have that. I didn't get it out the mud and I'm I'm okay with that. But my dad was a candy salesman. My dad was a hustler. He's still a hustler to this day. Um, so again, that hood hybrid. So that piece, I got to see that. So my dad would put me on his crew, literally, like, I don't know if you ever heard like Mike Epps talk about riding around the van and you go sell candy from door to door. My dad was one of those dudes using a candy salesman. So that was probably like the first entrepreneur piece that I saw. And I'm grateful to say it kind of runs in my blood. My grandfather's, um, right? You can go back ancestor, like sharecroppers to all the way down to like restaurant owners and different things like that. So um, runs in the blood on that way. But really for me, it's when I started becoming a trainer, um, it was like, yo, like I can train you and you'll pay me, like, but I would do this for free. So I made the commitment to myself at 18 years old that I'm never doing anything that I wouldn't do for free. And I haven't, and I won't. I'm convicted to it. If I wouldn't do something for free, I'm not I'm not doing it because it's not worth my time. Um, it's not worth my life, should I say. Um, and so once I started training cats, while I was still hooping, 12 bucks, 12.50, you know, like, oh, this was up. I had a parent pull me over and say, this is gonna hurt me more than it hurts you, but you gotta charge more. I was like, what? okay, you know, 15, right. And upping it and 30 and that kind of deal. Cause again, I'm still hooping. I'm still going to school and all that. Um, and then I developed a nonprofit, which was, um, TCSA, which stands for true Christian student athletes. So it was a sports specific academic and life skills Academy. So I'm 20 years old at this time. Um, I dedicated it to my late sister. She was murdered at 19. And so again, that just was another thing for me that I was like, I'm not wasting my life. I'm just not, there's no, there's no point in me wasting my life. And if I have breath, I'm using it to influence other people. My life mission is still the right to confidence in other people by way of passion, love, repetition, and relationship. And if I got time to do it, I got breath in my body. That's when I'm doing it. But I'm going to do it by way of hoop because that's what comes natural to me. And then I'm going to teach you alongside that. So um, it was around that time frame when I was about 19, 2021 20, um, that I started to really hone in from a business stance of how to run an organization. What does that look like from a leadership role? Um, I majored in youth ministry and psychology, so from a youth men's side, you know, they were talking to you about running a church, but I just was thinking about running an org, right? They were building us up as leaders, but I just wanted to be a leader, right? Not a church leader, just a leader. And I had some people on my team who, um, they owned apartments and did construction, and I'm like, you could own an apartment. How do you? you own the apartment <laughs> right. that's why you guys pay for my dinner when we travel okay cool you know like that like you guys built your house so that's when that stuff started to click for me because i was in a 99 percent predominantly white area so i like i started to hear and be around a lot of white conversations where back home in washington none like nobody was talking about any of that so i started asking questions I started listening to podcasts and I just like devoured everything that I could. And this was podcast back in 2012. It was some janky don't turn, don't let your phone lock. And I had like a G one back then. So um, that was really it for me. As I just became a sponge of of all things and asking questions and trying to figure it out. So that's when the real estate piece popped. And then I ran that same Academy until I was about 27 or so. Um, so from like 19 to 27, I was doing trainings and doing all that. And then my mom passed away when I was 26 and I just got my first head coaching job and I was doing all that. And I had to let something go. So it was that. And so unfortunately in my mom passing away, um, she died intestate, which means she died without a will. And again, and it wasn't, who knows why she passed in her sleep. So it wasn't necessarily intentional. It just, we didn't think she was going to pass at 56. Right. So um, that's the unfortunate piece. So I had to buy her house. So my mom's home ended up being the first home that I had to buy, which is word to everybody who's listening to this, get your stuff in order right here, right now. Do not allow life to happen without you. Um, you know, making sure you and your family stuff is taken care of. Cause if I, if I didn't have the knowledge I had and some of the mentors I had, I would have lost it. And the Say houses, that again.
1: I mean, so it, it's so funny. This is timely. Cause I yeah. just went or have, wrapped up going through that. So that is a very important thing. So one, I say never sell grandmama's house. That's a thing that we need to know. And then get those affairs in order. Cause we do not like having those conversations and you don't, you think your parents are going to live forever or your loved one's going to live forever. And like you said, you didn't think at 56 that you would lose your mother. So my condolences mm-hmm. with you on that, but those are the mm-hmm. conversations you have that, I mean, I literally just posted that and got through that today. So I agree stamp drop the horn, all of that for, for making sure you do that. I'm, I'm so agreeing to that.
2: Yeah. And I, and anybody that, that I have a chance to talk to, even the parents, do you have a, um you know, will for your kids or do you have like, what do you have set up? Because you don't, you just don't know. And too often we try to control life and it's like, you can't control life. And I remember not wanting to have that convo because my mom and I were like this. So I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. I don't even want to think about losing you now on this <laughs> side. I'm like, we should have talked about that. But I'm 26. You're right. I didn't know. But now that I I have this, that pain, I never want anybody to ever have to sit in a courtroom by themselves with their death certificate of their mom trying to figure out how to keep their house and then right. head to practice. And they just came from work. Like, those are some of the worst times right of my life. So when you ask me, what's the story of me kind of betting on me? I'm like, man, every day. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like every, every single day. Um, but yeah, so that was the first property that ended up buying. And then I was like, and it's interesting too, because my mom and I were going to become real estate agents together, we were going through the process of doing that. So it was already a conversation that we were going to become a mother daughter team getting in, trying to figure it out. And then, you know, life happens. And so from there I was like, Oh, bump that. I'm just, I'm putting my head down and I'm killing the rest of my life. Like if I'm going to hurt this bad, I'm going to kill life, and life is going to feel my pain because I'm still here. And so, um, I ended up getting my real estate license. I'm still coaching. I'm getting my doctorate. Again, I'm running away from some pain at the same time, but I'm still, you know, going forth and doing all this. And so, fast forward four or five years now, I have six doors total. Uh, I do short term rentals, I'm Airbnb, super hosts, and it afforded me the opportunity to be able to retire um, at 31 from working in higher education full time to live the life that i have now thank god
1: let's go <laughs> let's go
0: so i guess for the former athlete or just for anybody want to start out i'm curious what's your advice to them as far as getting into the real estate game
2: yeah
1: any, um, any business right i mean
2: yeah any any business so i would say from real estate to any business every time somebody asks me i want to be in real estate okay what part that's the first question I'm going to ask you because real estate has many parts. It's like saying, I want to hoop and you don't really know what position you play. It's the same thing, right? Real estate has multiple games. You've got being a notary, mobile notary. You've got construction. You've got assessment. You've got insurance. You've got loans. Commercial. You got Yeah, you've got, there's so many things and people just hear real estate because it's a cool buzzword. So the first thing I'll say is what are the skills that you want to use the most? Like, that's the first thing. Cool. And how do you want real estate to work for you, right? I am I love hospitality. I like working with folks. So Airbnb works for me, right? I house hack. So that's something that operates for me in the way that I have. I build a new build, house hacked it, call it a day. That's one piece. Um, I also have a duplex. So are you trying to buy a duplex? Or are you trying to, um, how do you want to leverage what you have? That'd be the second question I would ask um, is, and who are you trying to do it with? Right? Do you even are you trying to do it where you're at? Are you what do you even know? And then the third question I would ask, which should really be the first, is like, what are your personal finances like? Because if you don't have your personal finances understood in a certain way, by time you go, one, you're not going to be able to purchase. You're not going to know how to purchase. You're going to be afraid if purchasing is the way you want to go about it. So, um, when it comes to real estate specifically, have a conversation with somebody. You don't have to be an agent to be an investor. You don't even have to be the investor that's active so figure out which part of the real estate game you want to be on um and then any business in general the first thing i'm going to tell you is become a task lead that's that's the first thing i'm going to say to any college athlete right now is become a task lead because that's that's what it's set up for us to help you be a student athlete entrepreneur um if task leads didn't exist um i would then say who are your mentors that's the first thing who are you talking to who are your virtual mentors um, how are you applying um, what I like to call your um, exponential or experiential capital, right? So there's different forms of capital as humans that we have. There's different forms of capital um, as people of color that we have as well. And then as athletes, there's a certain type of capital that we have. And you have a lot of experience in different avenues. Which experiences do you want to leverage and to add value to somebody else's life, for them then add value to yours, right? Like somebody in the um, community, people need help. So whose life are you trying to add value to? Because they will add value right back by you just sitting there and listening and soaking up some um, experiential game. So those right. are the first. That's how I would attack both of those.
1: That's what's up. All right. MH, man, got to hit him with the quick hits. You ready?
0: Yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready to rock. So a couple questions, kind of thing that comes to your mind. Um, first time, if ever, that you've been starstruck.
2: Ooh, um, Say Don Staley, but that's just like, come on, man, that's Don. It's just Don. Um, I would also say Gino, but outside of the the hoop world, I think I think that's it. Just John Don Don and Gino, but it was like really more Don than Gino. So
0: yeah. All right, uh, give me your top five. Uh, I would say Hoopers, women Hoopers that you've of all time
1: for you.
2: Ooh. Um, Christy Tolliver, Candace Mm -hmm. Parker, um, golly, this is obviously DT. I mean, not obviously, but,
1: um, you you, you know
2: who else though? Um, Sammy Perales,
1: Mm -hmm. Samantha
2: Perales. She used to get down. I used to watch her highlights before every game, um, which sucks that she didn't make it in the league very long, but that's another story. Um, who else do I rock with? Um, Ooh, this is tough. Did I say CP? I did say CP Christy, Um, Maya Moore. That's four. Yeah. Suburb.
0: I love, Suburb. And I'm,
2: I'm sure I would say somebody else. If I really had a couple seconds to think about it, of somebody that I'm <laughs> really like, I love their game, but just really KT is one of my favorite players to just watch poop and I would probably get starstruck over her if I seen her in person. Like, oh shoot. It's there you go.
0: So um I guess you 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 yeah you spent time in Brazil. Uh give me some of your favorite restaurants that were out there in Brazil, just food wise.
2: I couldn't even I couldn't even tell you. I don't even know if I even had the ability to really like get out my Portuguese was mines and means
1: very <laughs> little.
2: Um, but I'll tell you this So, I've been to 31 countries total um and I've pooped in eight. So, nice. I miss mean, as, as far as food, I'm gonna eat, I'm an eater, and I don't really know, you know, restaurants, but I'm gonna eat wherever I go, though. So, unfortunately, I can't give you, but I do remember we had some really good salads and rice and beans and chicken. You know, you eat at the facility a lot because you're trying to keep all your bread. So, I didn't really have no restaurant, I wasn't <laughs> going out like I didn't have no no uh, WBA stamp of approval. The check was not that big. He was taking <laughs> Doubleware to the center, bringing that joint right back to the crib. <laughs>
0: uh proudest accomplishment
2: being alive facts still facts. and being as being as, as as energetic as i am still this state we're going through the things that i've gone through so um and being willing to, to overflow into other people and invest in my energy to do that
0: love it i feel like all hoopers have some kind of shoe game so let's give me your you know top three shoe game
2: Ooh, this sucks because another sad <laughs> story is I got robbed. Cats oh. broke into my house and they stole all my J's. You would have asked me this 15 years ago. I would have been like, man, I got every single number, all of them in two colors. I got every force, every da 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 da. I had it all. And, Damn. you know, I was, I took a picture and put it on my space, like get on my level. And they said, yep, snatch. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, got them.
1: My space, I, uh, my and,
2: space. Yep, <laughs> Holly Tom, drank. huh?
1: Tom it set was. you up.
2: Well,
0: they, weren't it, they weren't, it, they weren't that top eight thing, a, a...
2: Look, and I know who it was. That's the unfortunate piece, ah. right? That's because I was hood hybrid. That's what you get for being hybrid. So, <laughs> um, so right now, I would say though, um, man, I got some cool gray low top 11 just because I'm trying to stay cool. I got some Kobe's. I mean, I'm on a I'm on a Vapormax tip right now. Hope maybe one day I'll get back into it. But when you get when you get violated like that and cats steal, you know, ten thousand plus dollars worth of like just all your J's and you like spend time, you know, collecting, it literally is and you know them and you looked up to the people and it really like it hits you on another level. Like I can't even I just can't even it just I don't know if I'm healed from it yet, clearly. So yeah, that was a triggering question,
0: MH. My bad. I yeah, just, my bad. My bad. I didn't even mean to do that. I didn't, no. I didn't mean to do that. That's that's my fault. Well, last one, and this is a little hopefully this doesn't trigger anything. Uh yep. loving basketball or the wood.
2: Loving basketball. <laughs> mm. Here's cat used to call me Q when I school because <laughs> like of my eyes. Look, so there's that piece, right? Loving basketball. It's just that's just that's just it. And there's no other women hooper movies like that's why we love it because we literally don't have any other movie to see yourself that's it and then the WNBA is in it so it's not that we want that love story there just ain't no other story
0: mm. I'm with it. bring back the Houston comments WNBA I'm, I'm ready to see them again bring them back definitely
1: and no Joanna man Um <laughs> <laughs> But
2: we're oh.
1: not ready for that conversation, though, either. Image, uh, <laughs> that's it? Uh, that's it. For sure, for sure. All right, so what we all been waiting for, and you, you kind of hinted to it, and, and you're rocking your swag with your sweatshirt, so I love the product placement. But, you know, you have two kind of organizations that we want to spend time on your platform. So this is the winner's circle where we cut to talk about, you know, what you're pushing, promoting, and what you've been up to. And you have two great companies, and you said you use them both to build and serve others. It's just what that purpose is. So I'll let you start off with which one you want to start with first, uh, and then we'll just kind of you know go back and forth.
2: Yeah, so I'll start with Uish, and Uish is really um, an extension of my youth academy that I've started back in college. Um, I stepped away from coaching at 29 about a couple of weeks before the pandemic hit, and I stepped away because I realized I wasn't getting the healing that I needed. Um, right. My mom had passed away at the beginning of, um, my coaching career and my head coaching career. And like I said, I ended up running into all these different things because I didn't want to spend time addressing, right. That fear and that pain. And I take leadership very serious that I was pouring out, but it wasn't out of a full cup. And I was giving my players everything that I had, but I wasn't being able to lead, um, whole holistically. And so I started to really sit back and think about, what is it that, that leaders need? How do we take care of ourselves to prevent ourselves from burning out? Because I absolutely love this. And so you wish stem from me stepping back and saying, what do I need? And how do I give myself what I need without it seeming negatively or destructively selfish? So I took the word selfish and put Reese-ish and was like, okay. I, and I like words and, and play on words and things like that. So I was like, ish, I-S-H. Okay, intentionally seeking healing to internally secure my health. So I was like, so I started to be intentional with my energy, intentional with my healing, intentional to making sure that I have enough in me to overflow into somebody else to where I'm projecting positivity, energy, confidence onto you, not just because it's what I'm committed to doing, but it's because of who I am, right? Like there's my convictions, but then there's also my energy and my energy precedes me. So then I said, okay, how do I now take this to another level? Because I used to call it growth university. Um, and then was like, I like you a little bit better. So weaved growth university, TCSA into this you ish space. So that way you can go EJ ish, MH ish, right? Like that's your kind of deal to where you get to cultivate your own um, kind of like lifestyle, create your own lifestyle that allows you to intentionally seek healing. So you can internally secure your health pretty much so you can live out your life with confidence. So what does it look like on a daily basis? Um, I do, I'm full-time confidence coach, right? So that means I help people, organizations, schools, um, fortune 50 leaders, models, athletes, teachers, whatever, um, on growing in confidence, but not, don't think of confidence as a, Oh, I'm sad. I don't believe in myself. That's not what it is. It's really helping people maintain that psychological mindset, helping them grow in their psychological well-being, emotional intelligence, self-efficacy, seeing how they can make those connections and then really re- weaving things in when it comes to um, habits, execution um, and money, mindfulness and leadership um, and just different areas that we just need coaching and mentoring in. So that's you Um Actually, I-, I love it. I love being able to spend time with people and really just fill their cup up and help them see things from another angle. Um, and with that, like I said earlier, I'm a strengths, um, certified strengths coach, um am strengths. So I do add in some of that. And then I teach different philosophies, which is um one is called ICPR, which is intrapersonal coach to player relationship. So helping people understand the different players that are on their internal team and mm-hmm. helping them create dialogue and emotional intelligence within themselves. Right. So that way they can um, manage that self-management piece. A lot of us might be self-aware. We don't really have that self-management to be able to continue being and growing and flourishing in the ways that we need to when it comes to our cultural capital and our psychological capital so that's what you wish looks like in a nutshell um and then task leads is that really quick
1: before you go into that yeah. so you wish let's yeah. just like because that was a lot right yeah. and there's a lot of levels to that with does each person come in and is there like an assessment to start off and seeing like what mm-hmm. area, like how do i know if i need you right like how do i know i yeah. pick up the phone and i'm calling you like how do as a company, if I have a small business, like, how do I know that I need you-ish?
2: Yeah. So if you didn't see me on TikTok running my mouth or you weren't referred to me or something like that, and you maybe just heard this and you're like, yo, like, I feel like I might need, I just like her energy. That's where a lot of people come off is like, I just like the energy. Um, and it might be, there's this area that I need to grow in. I have these habits, right? I have this mindset, um, help me make this shift or help me grow in my psychological capital, which is like self-confidence, self-efficacy, hope, optimism, resistance. Help me make the connections between my story. Or somebody might say, help me grow my money mindfulness. Help me grow my money story and under, uh, and discover my do you number, right? And mm-hmm. that's something that I use as well. So there's different avenues that somebody might say, like, I need to tap in with you from a leadership stance. I don't really, I don't know my leadership style. I don't never have that conversation because a lot of us are in leadership roles, but we've never been trained. Right, like I said, I've been training for this since I was 15. So, this is intentional. Like, I have a master's in coaching, I'm getting my doctorate in organizational leadership. So, this isn't something I think is just fun. Like, I've committed my life to helping people develop internal systems and external systems within their spaces to help them pretty much execute consistently. So, it might be somebody that says, you know what, like, I need to figure that out within myself and within my team so that way I can just maximize. I'm um, increase my capacity, so that's really what that looks like on different levels. Or they may say, I need help with my strengths, discovering them and then learning how to use them, or I need help identifying my players so I can create healing relationships or heal my relationship with failure or something like that so I can be my best self.
1: Got you. So now rolling to where task leads come in, because these yeah. companies were started about months apart, right? Um
2: Well, you wish is the evolution
1: the evolution. Been so been yes, developed.
2: it's been yep. going so, on. Yep. And then task leads was, um, something I've always dreamt of, but didn't have the, didn't have the capacity. So it was like right at the tip of my tongue for years. It was like, I, I see how I impact people with you wish, but I don't have a product. I don't sell candles and bath like, okay, God, how do I like really help college athletes um be empowered and gain economic empowerment like how do i do that um and then one day um, i just moved into this house back in september and i'm doing different things and i'm like man i could have a bunch of college athletes here oh shoot so then it was like instead of me paying or instead of me starting a cleaning company instead of me starting a lawn service instead of me doing this what if i created some like dope vehicle that allowed them to be able to get paid for doing certain tasks. That's fire. So then I just allowed my brain and I'm an activator. It's so one of my strengths. I just let that joint go. So I just mm-hmm. picked up my phone. I was literally building a dresser, put the, the hammer down, wrote down all the notes and was like, I didn't have the capacity for this because I wasn't even healed enough to bring it to fruition. I wasn't even healed enough to bring it to thought. And so because I invested in my healing through my you phase, I was able to now have something like this come to the surface because now I have the capacity and the energy to actually be able to go out and make this happen for college athletes. so I think you know the timing with Nil, um, one of our biggest things that I say is we want athletes to gain economic empowerment financial independence regardless of your social status right like this isn't about do you got the blue check because I think Nil is amazing I think there's a lot of stuff that still needs to be figured out but that's going to help the top 1% of the top 1%. There's over 6,600,000 athletes. Right. That And so the top 1% of that, right? Now, again, I'm, I rep for small ball all day long and every day because that's a whole nother lifestyle. Whether you're talking D3 on down, depending on where the D2 is on down, there's six different levels for a reason. And I hate for anybody to think that they're not worthy of being able to collect a bag to feel like, I have, what am I supposed to do with my life? Cause I've seen it from the most marginalized community college athletes are the most marginalized, but then I've seen that there's also D one athletes that are like selling plant plasma, but you're a D one athlete. Why are you selling plasmas just so you can eat? So it's not just like the issue was is way bigger than NIL from you being able to, you know, make money off of making videos. And I get it. I'm a creator. So that makes sense. But task leads is, um, our tagline is where athletes compete to complete your task. So, you know, let's say you guys need help with the, with producing or um, somebody who has an Airbnb needs help with turning over a room. Somebody does Turo. They need some, like they, uh, solopreneurs want to get into other spaces, but they need to increase capacity. I'm going to hire a task lead to help me out. So now from the athlete's perspective, they now, as we know, we don't have an extra four to eight hours a day to be able to um, pick up another job athlete mental illness and burnout is on the rise for multiple reasons and finances being one of them. So task leads is coming into play to be able to decrease all of this by saying, you know what, let's say practice got canceled. You have a Saturday or Sunday off. You don't have to be tied. You're not tied to a contract. You don't have to wait every two weeks to get paid. You can pick up your phone and be like, oh shoot, somebody posted a job. I can get that done. You go get that done. You just made a hundred bucks because you get to set your own competitive pricing. Right, and so now you're getting paid right then and there. You want to you want to go take somebody on a date? You need some money real quick. Boom, go be a task lead in the morning. Go kick it at nighttime. So now there's so many other issues that athletes don't have to worry about because of um, because they got money in their pocket. A lot of athletes have to send money home. Financial aid does not go that far. Work study is not as great as what you think it is. When the school shut down, they don't have work study. So now you got kids going without a whole month in some without making money. So you can be a task lead, whether you're at home, you're at your college. And then the whole point is for you to be able to gain experience based off of your, um, your, what you're majoring in, right. Or either some, or just different skills that you have, whether it's, um, mowing the lawn somewhere, or it's, um, you know, being able to do communications and HR work or public relations or social media or helping out real estate agents with non-licensed tasks. So the list Mm -hmm. goes on and on.
0: So there's really no limit to, um, I guess, the services that a task lead could provide.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's like licensed things. So we are really staying in a specific way. Like there's Thumbtack and TaskRabbit that are like bigger contracting jobs. Sure. Right. We don't want to get athletes into anything like that. Um, we're really big on the real estate space and helping them do, like I said, non- licensed tasks that allow um, real estate agents to capitalize that much more on their time and maximize their time so but there's a list of things that they can do to help um, a lot of solopreneurs a lot of just small businesses in general who might say i just need i just need somebody for a day for a weekend somebody's a dj and they need somebody to help carry the equipment right or um somebody is running a camp and they want to go on the app and go find some athletes they can post yo i need three athletes to help me run this camp it pays x amount or the athlete you know they'll have a profile and it'll show right i'm an mvp in this i'm an expertise in my expertise in this i'm majoring in this here's where you know i can fit in here's how i can help you in your business because i'm an expert in this way and so again they set their own competitive pricing minimum wage is doesn't make any sense so why make 15 bucks an hour you can make 50. You know, doing something that you're actually proficient at, and using the same skills that you're developing and using on a daily basis. So now we're not talking about transferable skills anymore, right? We're talking about using the skills, which now gives you that experiential capital that I was talking about earlier.
1: No, that's dope. So how are you building? Because um, that for that to be successful, you have to build from both ends, right? So you're building. You have mm-hmm. to have a, a pool of um, the athletes that want to do the work, but you also have to have the business to provide the work. So how are you going about doing that? (sighs) Running my mouth
2: as much as possible. (laughs) Um, That's the first one, but really that is the trick because you have, it's the, it's the both and, but the coolest thing is it's it's a
1: marketplace, right? You're creating a marketplace right now, right?
2: Yep. It's, it's a tech business. It's athlete tech, FinTech, whatever you want to call it in that way, but it's been done plenty of times before Uber, uber eats DoorDash. Oh, i mean you can car. get into
1: more specific fiverr um you know yeah, um, yeah, yeah. online um whether the the people that uh, the virtual assistants like yeah, all of that yeah. it's a marketplace and you're in a specific i just think mm-hmm. that like you said you hit it on um nil this is a perfect time for this to kind of be included mm-hmm. in that space to where it's not like here's somewhere that one i can gain experience and you know um mm-hmm. you know get the back so no i definitely love yeah. that
2: So one of the areas, like you said, what are we doing? We're tapping into, right, the markets, the real estate markets. We're tapping into, like, uh, Airbnb people. And even if we just stayed within the athletic space, you know what I'm saying? It's from a number sense, it's a million-dollar business from right there, right? So it's really just connecting with um, athletic departments, um, creating partnerships that way, and then creating partnerships on the other way and saying, hey, do you need this? Hey, do you do this? And just trying to, you know, public relations, marketing relations back and forth. So um, all day long.
1: All right. So um, it's always fun, you know, when you're having these great conversations. So time does fleet on us. So this is a part of the show we like to call the assist, right? So this is where you kind of give either um, some words you live by, maybe a quote or something that you would tell your younger self.
2: Man, um, something I would tell my younger self is um, you're worthy period Man. like just that's it that's something i want to make sure i tell people every day too is you're worthy and whatever that that means um as a as a as a black woman lesbian christian like you're, you're worthy period and to to walk in that um walk in that freedom walk in that light and just be be you so I
1: love that's what it. i, I love tell it. my younger self let's go uh mh uh final words
0: Coach Reese, uh, you said it. Uh we, we love the energy and uh we appreciate all the nuggets, not just the the, the final nugget that you left us with, but this throughout the show. Uh we support you, um, continue to have, you know prayers and everything with you and your family and dealing with your pain and, and succeeding on the other side. You're an uh, inspiration to a lot of people. So keep doing what you're doing.
2: Thank you. Absolutely.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. And so we got uh, some of your um your handles. One thing I always say is content is King and just in prepping for this show, you have a lot of stuff out there. So uh-huh. <laughs> we, we did it, we just touched the surface, but I hope we did you some justice. But, uh, um, once again, um, you know, task leads and you uh, on IG, and then you have coach Reese one on all your other platforms. So TikTok, IG and Twitter. Uh, so we'll put that in the show notes. And just once again, we really want to thank you. Um, Thank you again, Coach Reese, for coming on and sharing that game. And we also want to thank you to people for listening. So just uh, know we drop a new show every Thursday. So please, please, please subscribe because visual representation matters. And uh, stay safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you.
2: Appreciate y'all.
0: Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Yo. Yo, yo, look. Sue Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Spap out to racks on handmade new rags. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black. That's everybody from sports to college class to rap and back.